Welcome to that 80s show and there really was only one song Dory and I ever were going to start the show with this week because we're all about jumping on the trends and getting the show discovered. How are you doing Dory? I'm good. That being said, we don't play The Cure nearly enough. We really don't and I'm snapping our wrists right now. Okay, okay. I think more The Cure is more Cure. So whatever ails you, The Cure is The Cure. Okay, makes sense to me. So how are you doing, Dory? I know you want to talk. Listen, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't have heard. Just like Heaven, The Cure. If you're a fan of a certain TV show, we're going to talk about that later. I think Dory wants to talk about it. Um, yes. But otherwise, how are you doing, Dory? Shame, you were sick last week. What a bummer. Uh, yeah, I'm still a little bit. I must be a bit croaky. A bit of a frog-like uh, sound. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, you know, I think my immune system just decided after COVID, I'm done. You don't need me anymore. Cheers. Listen, this uh, now. these past two months have already been a year. I've got to be honest. <laughs> like, oh, true. It's, it's so true. actually insane that we're going into our first full month of the year, right? Because January was like half. Um, February was like a fake month, 28 days. We're going into our first full month. And already, like, nerves are done. People are absolutely done. <laughs> it's the apocalypse out there. No, just true. I mean, seriously. But uh, way more apocalypse talk coming up, so. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. We're going to get into that. Listen, I get very excited. My threshold for 80s, for any movie, TV show that I watch, firstly, is it set in the 80s or is it from the 80s, right? Or is it based on something from the 80s, right? That's my first yeah. criteria. That's what I look for. Um. So then I'm very excited by two movies coming up, Dory. Based on the most random things from the 80s, I'm going to play the trailers. The trailers do everything. Two movies I cannot wait to see. The first one is coming out on Apple TV Plus um, at the end of March. This... I think I know what it is. This is all the feels. Take a listen to this. Okay. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I played for five minutes. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math, all working in magical synchronicity. It's, it's the perfect game. Tetris? Tetris. 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 I don't get it. It's a combination of Tetra, Greek for four, and tennis. Tennis. The Martian inventor, he likes tennis. Nasal. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Tank. Only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Back to the Tetris. Can you get us the right slip? The Soviet Union had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm gonna go to Moscow. You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. You sure you don't have to talk to your wife about this first? Pioneers have to bet the house to win. But not literally. Listen. Have you ever heard our apartment this quiet before? This is the inventor of Tetris. Your game is brilliant. I'm gonna make you a millionaire. Mr. Olgers, have you ever negotiated with the Soviets? We're here for Tetris. We see this door. What do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> the most powerful man in Gondi started is watching you and your family. Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing, and Soviet Union will not be left behind. You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my mother? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you gotta forget the rules. This is criminal. Soviet Union is about to implode. They're lying and but lying. Fault the cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. Oh, come on. You guys are the kings of cliffhangers. Not the bad thing. 
I love it that we are in the age where bureaucracy can be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but that is just, I mean, it's the craziest true life story. I remember reading about it on Wikipedia like a few years ago, mm. going, no, this, no, just no, no ways. So that movie is so the st- that movie is the story of Tetris, and as you can kind of pick out from the trailer, we'll put on that eighty show, um, that eighty show SF Facebook page. You're right. The story about them getting the rights to Tetris was some mm. Russian programmer. I think he worked for the KGB, and he developed it as some code thing for them to communicate, and they turned it into this game, and it became like almost an international incident to get this like innocuous little game out. I know it's. I mean, I don't think a scriptwriter could have written it, and I, I think I mean it does. I think it says that at some point in the trailer, like you know, you couldn't make this shit up type thing. So it stars Taron uh, Taron Egerton. Lost to well, you've yeah. seen lots of other stuff. We um, enjoyed him in Rocket Man. I think he's also in Kingsman. In Kingsman, I don't, uh, know. I don't watch Kingsman. Yeah, yes. So in Kingsman, his name seems to pop up a lot. Yes, and listen, but I I'm very excited. I love Tetris. I mean, to this day, I enjoy Tetris. I was obsessed with it as a kid. Yep. So very excited. So that's going to be killer. There's also a Super Mario Brothers live action game, animated, CGI animated, Pixar-style movie coming out as well, if you want to talk about 80s video games. Not 80s related, but I know that we can't be too far off from having a movie about Snake. <laughs> you, know, you know it's coming, right? I'm one of those people who never... I never had a Nokia. I never played Snake. And then when at some point I... There was a version of Snake that you could play on other phones. I couldn't play that game. It was impossible. I don't know how people did it. It was, listen, it was a sitting on the toilet game. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> it's like, you know, there was no GPS or things on phones that they could track where you were, but they weren't able to switch your microphones on. But I'm telling you, 99% of Snake was played on the toilet. So that's the first 80s related movie, Tetris. And listen, in that... In that trailer, there's the, the graphics, because a lot of it's like in that kind of 8-bit style, and I love yeah. the 8-bit um, rendition of Final Countdown. I mean, they tease it a few times. It's <laughs> I, I love that. Like, release that. I, I mean, visually, visually it looks so cool, where they've like kind of tried to make real-life things look like the game. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So that's going to be great. 31st of March. so funny, because I watched the trailer last night. And I didn't know that this was going to be a thing. I didn't know that you wanted to talk about it on the show. But what happened was I was going through my YouTube history because I was looking for a song. Then I was like, oh, there was a song that I wanted to. Ah, what was that? And I was going through my YouTube history and I see the trailer for Tetris. And I'm like, but I know I didn't watch this. I didn't even know this was the thing. I asked my kid. They're like, no. Then I realized I'm on the work YouTube account. So somebody (laughs) in the office had watched the Tetris trailer recently. I'm going to guess that it's possibly Ryan, but I'm going to find out. And and then I was like, oh, my God, this looks so cool. So it's so just weird synchronicity that I actually watched it last night, found out about it last night, and here we are talking. My gut was Ryan, but also Ryan is hella young. <laughs> Ryan is ridiculously young, so I, I don't think you'd know it. Young, so who else would it be? Who would it Trying be? to think who it would be. They're all young. It was a big Super Bowl ad. So maybe somebody was just going through all the Super Bowl ads. Okay. Maybe. This other one's got got us excited. So I also do a, a football podcast with uh, both Senzo and aforementioned Ryan. And uh, mm. of course we love, not just football, we love basketball. This got us very excited. And this one we spoke about a few weeks ago because a Google alert pop, pops up. 19 years Air Jordan, Michael Jordan, and Jason Bateman, right? How could we not like this? You said the magic two words. You said the magic words. And this is before we even get into Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Those are the voices you're going to hear in this next trailer. 1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down. Our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All-Star Shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. We need to try the reason. 
This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. Who's the best? I got it. I found him. Who is that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, oh, oh man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. The update is risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie, yes, who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. First, the plan. We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. The Luther player. Michael Jordan. You'll know it. You have a hundred. So now, this shows up for that. I believe in his side. I believe he's a shitrin. And his story is going to make us wind up the pie. But the shoe will be supposed to show until my son steps into the village. Get a name for it? Air Jordan. And it helps. Seriously? You got a on me. So that obviously is the story of Nike and Air Jordan. And the crazy thing about it, so in there, Ben Affleck is a full knight, the guy who started Nike. And um, yeah. Matt Damon is one of the employees, the guy who's looking after the basketball division. Jason Bateman is also somebody involved in Nike, one of the bosses. And uh, it's so weird to go back into that. So I've read Full Knight's book, uh, Shoe Dog. It's so weird when they frame this context of people going, nobody thinks Nike is cool. What? <laughs> like, what a ridiculous concept. <laughs> Was that the case back then? 100%. They were the absolute total challenger. Okay. So they mentioned Converse, and Converse, especially in the context of the NBA, but Nike were like nobody. They were this challenger brand. The story of Shoe Dog's phenomenal, and it's very set like late 70s, early 80s, and just how he builds up Nike as a challenger to Adidas and Converse. And I think the other one at the time was New Balance or Sacconi, but like a brand that's kind of like fallen off. And in terms of NBA, is that Michael Jordan was this rookie. It's so crazy to go like nobody wanted to take a chance on him. And um, mm -hmm. he had like lots of shoe companies like offering him deals and wanting to sponsor him. But at the time, no one had like custom shoe, shoe lines. You didn't have your own shoe line. So to go offer a guy straight out of college his own shoe line, like called the Air Jordan was just like, he had never played before. <laughs> he had never played yeah. and they're going to give him the shoe. And I mean, hmm. you know, M Michael Jordan, but the Nike we see today is all built off that original Air Jordan. Do you know how much a pair of, I mean, we're talking reissues here, right? We're not even talking originals um, of that Jordan one shoe, which is like one of the iconic sneakers. It's, it's in art museums. It's, it's that. Um, just a quick Google, 140,000, 240,000 Rand. Sorry, 240,000 Rand. And that's a reissue. Rand or dollars? Rand. That's Rand. Rand. Right, just checking. And that's a reissue. Still nuts. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah, no. And, and, and so, so the originals, every now and again, like an original pair from the 80s will be found and someone will auction or whatever. And it's just like ridiculous. I mean, they, they, they break apart over time, you know, so they're not in mint condition. But, I mean, this shoe is like, it's no longer just a shoe. It was the first time a sneaker became a fashion line. And um, it was the the ad that they had. It's so iconic. I wish I had it now. It's um, So Michael Jordan wasn't allowed to wear these shoes because it contravened the NBA rules. So the right. very simple ad, they shot it in a day of Michael Jordan just bouncing a basketball. And they shoot the shot up from the bottom up. And it said... Um, on such and such a date, due to laws, Michael Jordan will not be able to wear the shoe um, anywhere near an NBA court. But that doesn't mean you can't. You can't. So it's just like this killer 30-second. Ah, that's so killer, like, actually. 
and was the, the, that yeah. it was. It, it's just an amazing story. But like I said, it's so weird to hear that people saying Nike wasn't cool. It's like that's outrageous. Um, so those are two eighty set. They got everything for me. They got everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. Great soundtrack there as well. Uh, I'm less excited about the Nike, although I did take a peek at the video of the trailer and J Bay's hair. Oh, just have a moment for the hair. I mean, do you want to describe it? I mean, do I? Do I? Um, <laughs> it's. It looks like a wig. It probably isn't a wig, but it looks like a wig. Let's put it that way. It could be. He, yeah, he's got very thick hair, so it does look like his natural hair he's, that he grew up. I reference it all the time on their podcast, his hair. It's quite funny. <laughs> he's got outrageously thick hair. Um, what I love about it is um, Ben Affleck's sunglasses. There's one shot where they show me these outrageous 80s, like wide, yes. like super futuristic. I mean, let's talk about Ben Affleck's hair as well. you got to just watch the track. Just watch it for all the hair. It's, it's of the time. There's a lot of hair. What they haven't done yet is tell you who plays Michael Jordan. They've kept that under wraps. So oh. so he's not featured in the trailer yet, and they've kept it under wraps who plays Michael Jordan. It's probably out there somewhere, but they're going to do a big reveal of who plays him. Um, so that is coming out in April or May, I saw. So that's what... I'm a bit more excited for Tetris for obvious reasons. Of course. But, um, yeah. I mean, well, J-Bay, you know. So we will watch it. Of course we will. Of course. So, Dory, you said you're cheating a little bit. So, listen, I mean, that's 20 minutes in. we got movies all over the place. And we still haven't got to our movie recommendations. But uh, you said you're cheating this week. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, how, as we say, our show, our rules. I mean, who's going to who's gonna smack me on the wrist? Exactly. Really, you know. <laughs> And I mean, I think it's it's a bit of a cheat, but I mean, there is there is a, a tenuous '80s link. Therefore, it is not cheating, because as far as I'm concerned, we're good. Now, we have to start my discussion, which is a TV series, not a movie, but we have to start it by discussing the latest episode of The Last of Us. So, are we? You know, you are dying to get into. Are we doing spoiler alerts? Okay. Do we, do we have to do it? The latest episode of The Last of Us, don't listen. Yeah, I'd say skip ahead maybe 10 minutes. Um, Ish. Or yeah. watch that and then come back to this. Watch it and yeah. then come back and finish listening. Because, exactly. I mean, those of us who are now invested in The Last of Us, I don't know about you, but I'm like, Monday, before, before midnight on Monday, I have to have watched that episode. Because I know that if I haven't, I will come across a spoiler at some point by Tuesday. <laughs> exactly right. If if these the, like now, so so a lot of the streaming services have gone back to episodic releases, like once a week type of thing, right? There's yeah. no only Netflix does binging. So it's like, how can you avoid the spoilers, especially like in nerddom, like like Mandalorians now? So I haven't watched Mandalorian the first episode yet of season three. I'm like, mm -hmm. but how do you avoid everything? Like, you just basically have to, like, do you mute it? Do you, like, it becomes pop culture. So I don't know how you can avoid it for longer than, like, I can kind of get away for two days. But by the time I got to it, I had already seen so many things pop up already. I was like, oh, I know there's something. So you have done I mean, very I well. Haven't. I mean, I watched it on Monday, but I haven't seen a single thing about it. Really? Anyway. Listen, you know I'm in the nerd world, right? So, I mean, if you have gotten, I'm embedded, I'm in. Because when does it it, it, it broadcast? It's like midnight on a Monday in South Africa, right? Um, Monday, Tuesday. All right. I found that it's only available because it's on Showmax. And it plays on Sunday nights in America. Mm -hmm. And we only, we don't have a first thing Monday. On yes, Showmax. we don't. Because last week when I was, when I was deadly ill. And I was not really working. I thought on Monday morning, oh, let me just watch The Last of Us now because I'm not working. I'm dying. Yeah, in bed. That'll make me feel better. And at about 10 o'clock on Monday morning, I went, it wasn't It wasn't available yet on Showmax. It was only available but later in the day. I so, wonder, because I know it's also on DSTV. This is a very boring chat. But <laughs> I think so boring. maybe it comes in DSTV. For, but, but anyway, the point is, if you've gotten from yes. Monday, Tuesday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you hear this, and you don't know what's happened yet, you haven't watched it. Mm. Is it, it? It's on you, right? <laughs> like it's it's not our fault. So 
No spoiler alerts. No, I mean, I mean, it's not terrible spoilers. No, it's not terrible. I don't think that what we're going to talk about is is a hectic spoiler at all. No, in fact, but um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the music. We're gonna talk about the music because right. So oh, in oh, Last of Us, and we're gonna talk about their their eighties nods, which are very blatant. blatant, very blatant. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying they have overwhelmingly blatant in your face 80s <laughs> nods compared to the series i'm going to talk about where it's a bit more subtle oh okay so let's talk about the last of us so i missed so i missed episode one the part where they use uh, yes. music Wham. from different genres as codes and i missed that like three minutes what the fuck's going on? But have you gone back and listened now? I did go back and they used 80s music and they used a Depeche Mode song, but then um, Ellie also says she heard a song on the radio about somebody being woken up before he left or something like that. So yes. that was it. So, okay. I was very happy, very pleased. Happy if they had played Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, but you take what you can yes. get. Hey, hey, the reference is enough. We know. Exactly. So let's start... With this week's episode, the the very beginning, you see Ellie. This is this is a little bit. We're going back. We're going back in time a little bit on the story. Ellie is exercising in a gym, like a school gym type setup, setup, and she's listening to a Sony Walkman. Love it. Number one in your face. It's straight in your face. That's it. That's it. A little bit later, I think it was when she was already asleep in bed or lying in bed going to sleep. The camera shows you a pile of cassette tapes next to her bed. Right on top. Aha's greatest hits. I'd like to think that... So, great. Cassettes. I'd like to think that these art departments of these massive studios, that's original. Do you not think? Oh, yeah. I just need to know that that's an original cassette box for, like, just added nuance, you know? Just don't do a copy. That's got to be original. That belongs to someone on the crew, possibly, where they're like, oh, we need some cassette tapes from the 80s. And someone on the crew is like, I've got, which would be you or me. But, um, you know, I'll go, I'll bring it in. I don't mind. And then that's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. No, that's not the end of it at all. I got I got very excited because I hadn't watched it. I knew you watched it. No, I didn't know you watched it. So after this, I'm not going to tell you what happens in the movie. Guess what? You know, my big bugbear, who starts with Take On Me, not Last of Us, halfway through the episode, so you're nice and settled, Take On Me playing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want a year take on you in a post apocalyptic really crucial really cool scene is yeah. really crucial scene, so nice bit of take on me. And then of course the reason we started the song with the cure is a really, really show. nice re- oh, <laughs> the show with the cure. A really, really yeah. nice rendition of Just Like Heaven when in like kind of a music box type of way. And did you pick up straight away that it was just like heaven? Because I'm watching that scene, I'm listening going what is this? Oh, yeah. I know this because it's really not obvious at first. First of all, it's really just the music. So so straight away I knew it was an 80s song. Straight away I knew it was an 80s song. Yes. I thought, oh. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then I was like, I know this, I know yeah. this. And then I was like, I know this is the cure. Not You see, because I mean, I'm, I'm a cure fan, but I'm not the biggest cure fan. Yeah. And I sometimes get some of the big hits confused. And I was like, I know this is the cure. But it's so different to the original. But it's, and and I have to, and I'm going to give it to them. It was it was a bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. Well done on the subtlety. Finally, some subtlety. Was there? So the, yes, it was beautiful. The thing is, you know. So we've been <laughs> trying to jump on the hashtag '80s means trouble," um, which is something that which is their code. Like you just know shit is coming because that's mm. so many '80s songs in one episode. Like. Shit is getting. Are they coming to the end of the se- the series? They must be. I don't know if they're eight or ten or thirteen, but shit is coming because that's a lot of eighties. That's a lot of eighties. Yeah. So it's uh it's gonna get good. Eighties means trouble. So that is uh, spoiler alert over. We did say jump ahead ten minutes. Perfectly ten minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was eight. Yes. It was eight. Okay. So so as you mentioned, we're waiting every week for the latest episode of The Last of Us. So. So there's a gap for those of us who like to binge watch when we have time. There's this humongous gap every week when I have to wait for the next episode of The Last of Us. So I went to looking while I was sick, especially, for some other things to watch. 
and I stumbled upon something which you may have heard of, also on Showmax. A little show called Station Eleven. It's relatively recent. I think it came out 2021. Right. It's actually been on my to-watch list on Showmax probably for a year. And I kind of look at it and I go, eh, I, 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 I don't like to read blurbs. I, like, I don't like to watch trailers. I don't like to read blurbs. I don't like too much given away. I prefer to just be surprised. So I hadn't, I'd seen it. I had been like, oh, I've heard something about this. I'd added it to my list randomly about a year ago and then forgotten about it. And then when I was looking through the other day, I was like, oh, what is this again? And I click on it, read the synopsis and go, okay. Because again, we're talking, it's apocalypse, it's sci-fi, it's got an amazing cast, people I really love. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Ten episodes, Mm -hmm. I binged them. Finished last night. Paula, I did the ugly cry. Oh, wow. Was you? I was sitting on my bed with my laptop on my lap, he- heaving ugly cry in this epi- in the last episode. <laughs> it's a very, in a way, it's a very girly show in that way. So I'm like, I don't know if you would like it. In I can understand also it's had very mixed reviews. People, had, oh, this is a polarizing show. You either really, really love it or you really, really hate it. And I went and looked at some of the reviews on IMDb. There's literally like it's either 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. Like, there's nothing in between. All right. It's very polarized. I can understand why people hate it. Um, because there's something, the main thing of it would probably annoy a lot of people. In a nutshell, without too many spoilers, very similar to The Last of Us, without one crucial element, which actually is what I like most about it. There's no infected. This is not a zombie apocalypse. This is an apocalypse that happens after a devastating flu kills most of the world's population. Let's call it 90% of the world's population is killed within days by this hectic flu. Right. And then there are just a few people who manage to survive. And then they come out from wherever they've been isolating. I mean, this, this came out. In fact, I read up about it. They had actually started filming it before COVID, funny enough. It's based on a book. So the book was written a few years ago, long before COVID, kind of bizarre that they started filming it a few months before the lockdown, had to stop production with the lockdown. And then of course, when it came out, it was still kind of during the pandemic. And that's also why people, some people, so many people hate it because they're like, oh guys, too soon, too soon. Because there's so many similarities to the whole COVID thing in the show, which they started making before COVID was a thing, which is bizarre in itself. Well, well so- Oh my god! So that's that's like I mean, The Last of Us is obviously based on a video game that came out way before, yeah. with a storyline yes. that came up way before COVID. Also, there was that other show, uh, Sweet Tooth, with all the kids who yes. had, with certain kids are born with a mutation, um, yeah. and that's based on a comic book way before COVID and the TV show as well. That also started shooting and everything before. Do you not yeah. think it's just because like we're so aware of it because we kind of lived a version of it? Yeah. No, maybe, maybe. But I mean, the thing with Station Eleven is it's the whole thing is much closer to COVID because it was a flu. There's no zombies. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no infected people. The flu ran its course. And then after a while, the survivors could come out and rebuild, basically. And how they rebuild is it's almost like, I mean, if you had to just drop in on, for example, I think it's episode two where you see, because it goes from, I don't know, a few weeks before the outbreak then you've got the day of the outbreak, a few months after the outbreak, and then it suddenly jumps to 20 years later. And if you jump into 20 years later, you'd, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be wrong to think, oh, this is like a Robin Hood type set in Sherwood Forest type movie where it's set hundreds of years ago because it's, pe- it's like hippies living off the land in nature because that is how it was all reset. Everything was gone, everything. There's no internet, there's no electricity, Nothing. It's all gone. And then these people start over, basically. And that was like, and the whole thing that they, that it's all centered around is that they do, the, well, this particular group of people, they're the, trav, they call themselves the Traveling Symphony. And they're a group of actors and singers, and they basically perform specifically Shakespeare. They go around and perform Shakespeare plays for people because there's no, there's no other form of entertainment. There's nothing. Do they? It's not even books anymore, really. 
do they claim that they wrote those plays themselves? <laughs> He's going to prove you wrong. <laughs> it's like they they do have they do have you know some proven books, but get, let's get back on track here. The the the, sh- the movie the show is called Station Eleven, which is actually in the in the story there is a graphic novel that one of the characters writes called Station Eleven, which is a very futuristic sci-fi thing. Central theme being loss and grief. The woman had lost her whole family. Spoiler alert. Um, not really. But so, um, and this book has a tremendous effect on the few people who, because who, there were only five copies ever made of the book in the storyline. And the story focuses on two of the people who, who got hold of this book. And it's almost like, it's actually kind of, I suppose you could interpret it as uh, an analogy of the Bible where, this book has this profound effect on them and changes their whole life. And the one does something with it and the other person does something completely different with it. It's just so fascinating. But there was a few things that struck me. So in the very first episode where you actually are on the day of the outbreak and it's 2020 in, in the storyline, it is the year 2020. The main character is this eight year old girl and she is in a Shakespeare play. She's an actress. She's just been, in a Shakespeare play on Broadway and she's in her cost, her like fancy dress or whatever that she was wearing for the play. And then she comes out afterwards, it's cold, it's Chicago and it's cold, um, like snowy, freezing cold. And she's wearing this very thick windbreaker, which is the most 80s windbreaker you've ever seen in your life. It's literally pink and blue stripes and puffy. Imagine an 80s windbreaker, you know? So that was the first thing that struck me was like, wow, that's so bizarre that like an eight-year-old kid in 2020 has that kind of clothing. But anyway, slight, very subtle nod, right? Initial. Then we go along, we're watching, watching. There's 10 episodes, like I say. I think it's probably, it's quite a few episodes in where the one character goes and raids a house. You're not going to bump into any zombies in these abandoned homes because that's not the story, which is great in a way. And he finds like a movie projector type thing and he says to the kid oh we can watch movies tonight and then later on you see them watching the movie and what are they watching pick an 80s movie pilot not the breakfast club but close say anything <laughs> no ferris bueller pretty in pink oh. pretty in pink okay the, is so the... you see a scene which and i think you see so so little of it only people who know pretty in pink well, no, it is pretty in pink. You see like five seconds of it. That's it. Look, it took a long while to get there, but um, it was worth the pretty in pink there, so <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, oh, yay, an 80s nod. So cool. Okay. That, and I thought that was it. We're done. We were not done because the next episode was possibly the same episode, but later. I don't know. I was watching. I binged. So I've lost track. You actually hear If You Leave by OMD playing. It plays. And you're thinking, oh, this is like a soundtracky thing. But then it turns out it's actually playing within the storyline. And it's it and it seems random, but it's not random. And it's like, oh, beautiful. Just beautiful. And I know that those was just a couple of subtle little things versus the blatant, overwhelming stuff in The Last of Us. But what I want to say is watch this show. Because for me, actually, I have to say, and I know this is going to be very controversial, I prefer it to The Last of Us. I actually think it's amazing. An amazing series. Loved every second of it. Like I said, did the ugly cry a few times. Um, and yeah, you, as a bonus, you get some 80s nods. But it's a great show. I did see it on the lineup. I, honestly, I thought it was about a fire, a drama set in a fire station. That's it. And I hate those. Right? <laughs> I know. That's why I kind of didn't pay attention to it for so long. Because I was like, eh, I don't know what this is about. Whatever. Eh, okay. Oh, the par- and there's also, there's also many references to Star Trek. But that's more like 60s, 70s era Star Trek. Um, we're talking early Star Trek. There's quite a few references to it. Um, and apparently even stronger in the actual original book. Um, but it will give that a mention, even though it's not 80s. I would so, do, yes. I would do, like if I was in that situation, which, hey, listen, we may be because I don't think they, 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 they got things the way they wanted during COVID-1. They definitely bring COVID-2. They're going to get it right. They've learned their lessons. They're going to fuck us up right to the next time. Um, I would, if I end up in that situation, which I think is inevitable, we will, and all our historical documents have been destroyed, I'm going to like 
pretend I invented like a lot of shit. Like write a lot of things and pretend it was me. Like oh, what a great imagination this guy's got. I'll like do, like if Star Wars has been eradicated from everyone's memory, I'm going to like create it. And people are like, this, this guy. Why would you be the only person who remembers and everyone else has forgotten? But you, you don't know. Like you don't know who you're going to end up with. Like there are people who right. don't know Star Wars. Like um, Simpsons. Like, oh, let me create this thing about this family. Like I'll, I'll just do all that stuff. This guy is a, is a genius. He's a literally. <laughs> it's like the movie yesterday, the guy who invents the Beatles songs. Ex- exactly, exactly. I mean, same thing. I mean, you know, when I was watching yesterday, and of course, that, that movie, the guy wakes up in a world where everybody's forgotten the Beatles. The Beatles didn't exist, so he releases their songs and becomes huge. I'd wham. Yeah. I'd do wham. Wake up in a world, no one remembers wham. It's me. <laughs> don't quite think I'll I don't quite quite think I'm at George Michael's level I think I'm missing a few key ingredients um, but mm, I'd just, ma- a few. just a few just uh, just the overall smoldering goodness that's what I do so that's Dory's you see this is what you gotta understand the things that gets Dory and I interested in stuff it's like where am I gonna find an 80s reference so let me tell you I also went on a little bit of a roundabout thing so I watched um I know you don't like super movie, superhero movies. I watched the new Ant-Man and in it is Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. 80s icon, so big in the 80s. They were superstars, world's sexiest people, so bankable. I was like, oh, they must have done a movie together. Do you know they never did? It's weird to believe that. Really? Such big stars, they never did a movie. They didn't do anything together. The first project they ever worked on was Ant-Man, I think the second one. This is the third one, right? So they never worked on a movie together. Mm-hmm. But by now, I was in the Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer kind of world. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a movie, one of those two. I found a movie, Dory. It is so, quite a batshit Michelle Pfeiffer movie. She's super young in here. One of her first roles before she becomes a big star. Also, was starring, it before Greece? It was before Greece, right? Okay. So she becomes, um, she's kind of like, on the edge, people know this is going to be somebody quite big, but um, we're gonna let's see, let's see what happens. It also stars Jeff Goldblum, right? If I love me some Jeff Goldblum, right? Do you know of a movie with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer? Bet I bet not. I bet not. So sorry, it was. <laughs> I can't think of one right now. Actually, I'm lying. It was after Greece and Starf- Scarface. Oh, mm, okay. so so uh, so she was known. Okay, so I'm lying. She was known. Okay, doesn't change it. She was known by then. So mm. Jeff Goldblum, he's a like a scientist, and he's very put upon. Hates life. Sits in traffic, like he's just he's um, insomniac. He's just having the most. Everything sucks for him. And uh, his best friend Dan Aykroyd says to him, "Look, just take the day off. Go home. Surprise your wife, and just have a good day, and you'll feel better." Guess what happened in the 80s when you went home to surprise your wife? Oh, your wife surprised you back. She's bonking the neighbor. She's bonking the neighbor. So he's like, oh, well, fuck, this is just hit. Um, I'm out. So he decides he's going to drive to the airport and just get on the next plane and get the hell out of there. Weird thing about watching 80s movies, I was never old enough to know if this was possible in South Africa, but I'm sure it was. People would just show up at the airport with a passport. You could just buy a ticket and go anywhere. <laughs> I think you still can, in theory. I mean, unless the flight is booked. You're going to pay a fortune. I mean, you're going to pay an absolute fortune. Right? Yeah, it just seems to be a thing in the movies. Yeah. So, like, they would just show up and just show up and just get a flight and just go anywhere. So, anyway. Well, I once, once yeah. only in my whole life, and not my fault, was through someone else, missed a flight. Okay. In Ireland, we were traveling back from Ireland, and we missed our flight. But then we managed to get on a, a flight, that, a later flight that day. So... It's doable. What? But that's a different thing. So it's missing flights because you've theoretically got a flight that's now just being compensated, right? Uh, you just walked with your cigarette in the airport. Say, hey, listen, I feel like smoking cigarettes in the sky. <laughs> like, I'm just, just give me a ticket. Right. I mean, it's. can you believe people used to smoke on planes? Oh, I know. I know. I know. Little ashtrays were disgusting. So... Yeah. Before we, so in the airport parking lot, Michelle Pfeiffer literally falls on top of his car. She's running away from people, and she says, "You got to rescue me. You got to save me." He's like, "My life sucks. You're beautiful. Get in the car. We're getting out of here." And shenanigans okay. kick off. The movie is called Into the Night. Okay, 
I literally have never heard of it. Right. You said to me, you're going to never have heard of my movie. I was like, yeah, we'll see. No. I have never heard of that movie. It, it is. And when I'm going to tell you the facts about this movie, it is the weirdest thing. So they now go shenanigans. There's some Middle Eastern terrorists. There was an overthrow of a government. Some crown jewels were stolen. She has the crown jewels. She's trying to get them to people. People are trying to get her. They're driving around in LA, middle of the night. No one's around. It's just odd shenanigans, right? Don't worry about don't worry about 80s movie shenanigans. It's just a lot of shenanigans. It is a black comedy terrorist noir that's <laughs> described, right? Um, and reviews were like, I, like I watched it. I was like, I don't know if it's a comedy and I don't know if it's an action movie, right? It's caught in this weird space between the two. So not only is it, so I mentioned Dan Aykroyd quickly, um, and I mentioned Jeff Goldblum and um, Michelle Pfeiffer. The movie was directed by um, John Landis. Now, John Landis has done Coming to America. He did Trading Places. He's done Blues Brothers. He did The Twilight Zone. He did so many movies in the 80s. In this movie, he uses it as, as a tool to cast all his director friends in little cameo roles, right? So I don't know a lot of the directors, but David Cronenberg yeah. is, is oh. yeah, he's in it. He's in it. He's a, just, just some supervisor, just some admin pencil pusher. He's always like a random cameo that you, yeah. you don't even recognize him half the time. Exactly. So he's in it. That's the one name I recognize. But all through it, and you'll know some of these people, like I, I'm not even going to try to pretend that, that I know them, but I'll give you the list. But it's all these little cameos, and if you know 80s movie directors, 70s and 80s movie directors, they just all pop up as like little cameos, and it's this running gag. It's this, The movie is filled with running gags of John Landis movies, um, John Landis Easter eggs. So it's like if you're a fan of him and his world and his universe, you'll love this movie. But it is just full-on 80s shenanigans, mid-80s Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, let's just take a moment. And Jeff I mean, Goldblum and all his weirdness. Yeah. It sounds great. Where, where can I watch this movie? Do I need to find it myself? You're an adult. You understand how the internet works. It is. I do. Okay. I will find it myself. You can pay for it. So it, I did see it on Apple TV and Google TV. It is It is all there. I um, I found a way to find it. Don't worry about it. No, this sounds, this sounds cool. I also do. Cool. I think I do think I saw. Um, I did see it on uh, YouTube, but I could uh, stand corrected. But anyway, that is my movie, Into the Night. I told you, you never heard it. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a complete flop? It really was. Because people didn't know what it yeah. was. People just didn't understand what it was about. It was, it was kind of like too clever with all the like little artist nods and the director nods and things like that. So it was a little bit too clever for itself. Mm. Yes. But anyway, give it, a, it, it, it is a good movie. I do. Like, you don't know what it is. Like, if you go in expecting a comedy, it's not that funny. If you go in expecting an action movie, it doesn't have that much action. Uh, it's kind of like... Well, <laughs> that's why it's a flop, because yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't pigeonhole it. Yeah, caught in between. But if you're a fan of John Landis and a whole bunch of the directors in this movie, you will enjoy it. Fun fact, do you remember um, R.E.M.'s video for Everybody Hurts? Yes. Right. Everyone's stuck in traffic. Oh, I hate the song, but I remember yeah. the video. It was it was a good video. The stuck in traffic scene cut from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So they really? took yeah. So they took that scene and then they cut it into that video. Interesting. Fun fact. Huh. Where I am? <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. Interesting. So that is uh, Station Eleven, right? I got my right station there. And then Station Eleven into the night um, with um, Jeff Goldblum. Michelle Pfeiffer, we have done a lot of movie stuff. Um, we've spoken about my Google alerts, right? <laughs> we have. I'm sure there's many we can't speak about, but no. you know. <laughs> I've got a lot of Google alerts on all 80s people. Any content for the show? The other day, I get very excited when I see a particular Google alert, Glenn Medeiros. I'm like, what's he up to? Because the last we saw Glenn Medeiros, he was back in Hawaii. Him of the one hit wonder. In case you don't remember Glenn Medeiros, this was his one hit. Oh, 
Right, so schmaltz. Did not have to do that. I did. Did not have to do that. I'm I, just saying. I did. You really didn't. I did have to do that. I did have to do that. So that's his one hit. Um, he kind of became famous when he was about 17, makes his hit, all the girls love him. And then he just stops music, goes back to Hawaii, and he becomes an administrator. He was uh, He's a principal at a boys' college in Hawaii. So that's what he does. Looking very much like a middle-aged dad. No hint of 80s heartthrob anywhere. You know, Jason Bateman, yeah. still doing the 80s heartthrob thing. Glenn Medeiros, no, middle-aged dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would, would not recognize him. I don't think I would have recognized him in the streets in the 80s either, let's be clear. You know what? He was very generic, fluffy mullet, leather jacket. I mean, he he looked like pretty much every Portuguese guy from the 80s. So you're right. We wouldn't have seen him even though he was Portuguese. So what? So he, I get a Google alert. Glenn Medeiros, next thing, American Idol. So I'm like, oh, is Glenn Medeiros a guest judge? Is he, are they doing a Glenn Medeiros week? I don't know how these song shows work, but I know every now and again. You got excited. You got excited, admit it. I got excited, Glenn Medeiros. I want to see what's happening. I was then I see Glenn Medeiros, then I see Glenn Medeiros, Katy Perry pushing. The words push what? Katy Perry fight with Glenn Medeiros? I've got to click on the link. So mm-hmm. I, I was both intrigued and upset. So no Glenn Medeiros. Glenn Medeiros' daughter, Lyric Medeiros, is on American Idol. Right? So We'll post this up. Listen, another judge on American Idol, Lionel Richie. He, he is one of the judges. I found this out by clicking on the yep. link. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't watch American Idol generally. No, generally do not watch it. I don't know how well she's doing. I don't know what this is from about like two weeks ago. So maybe I should follow up. People get knocked out. I don't know what that is. So she goes on to American Idol from Hawaii. Interesting that she's never used her father's connections to kind of get into the music industry. She wants to get into the music industry. Glenn Medeiros also got his start by winning a local radio talent competition. So I suppose this is the kind of equivalent of it. And she's having a crack at American Idol. She does her um, audition. And, you know, like somebody called Lyric. And if your dad, listen, if your dad was Glenn Medeiros, you're not going to be edgy, I don't think. If your dad is Axl Rose, edgy. If your dad is... I mean, do do we need to explain this right now? Right. I mean, do we need to? So if your dad's Glenn Medeiros, you're going to be the nicest person ever. And she's lovely. She's a lovely little beautiful girl, like just very soft. And now she's trying to sing like this big song. And like push it. that's why Katy Perry starts pushing her to say, you got to get angry with me. you got to get angry to get the best performance. Um, and she's like, no, no, to get a good performance. And they make lots of references. Say, you know, your dad will know that this industry isn't tough. This industry isn't easy. And you've got to be tough and you've got to be ugly. And it's like, maybe... Her dad did tell her and he doesn't want to be involved because I was like, okay, the parents are outside. Now we're going to see Glenn Medeiros. No Glenn Medeiros, the mom. Mom Medeiros. You, oh, I, I can feel your disappointment. I can actually feel it. I'm sorry. But I did find Glenn Medeiros in this whole story. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. So we're going to post this up on that AD Show SA Facebook page. There is this really cool Twitter video, uh, uh, TikTok video, of Glenn Medeiros, again, middle-aged dad. And Lyric Medeiros, fun fact, got another son, Cord Medeiros. <laughs> Cord? As in C-H-O-R-D. Correct. Lyric, Cord. Child abu- and it's child abuse. It's... Child abuse. You know, the thing is, Glenn Medeiros, he didn't take into the whole pop star lifestyle, but he's like, I've got to give my kids pop star names, pop star kids names. Claims... The mother came up with the names. It was you. You were Pops. <laughs> Gordon Lyric Medeiros. Um, a really cool video which hits you right in the feels of them singing Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You. Um, nah, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> but you you got to see Glenn Medeiros in this video. Like, I'm not, listen, I'm middle-aged dad. So I'm like, hey, it's cool. Like, I'm not hating on you. He's middle-aged dad who runs a school. Does he like I'm so happy for him. And and the kids are like, hey, listen, you may not like my dad's song, but it sold lots of records and got him to perform in 30 countries and give me the lifestyle that not many people can have. So, you know, rather be a one-hit wonder than a no-hit wonder, Dory. 
can take that to the nice. grave. Take that to the grave. So those are your words of those are your words of wisdom for the day. Those are my words of wisdom. So far, um, Lyric is still in American Idol, but who knows? Listen, it puts uh, Glenn Medeiros back in the, I mean, the limelight. Because you sent me that clip, so I watched it. She 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 sings okay. You know, it's not bad. And I'm sure anything will be better than Glenn Medeiros. So I'm okay with it. How dare you? I hope. I'm sorry. I still have hope that for the final, she gets to sing her dad's song and he walks out on stage. Cue oh, the world so folding in on itself. Done. I'll vote for it. <laughs> Dude, the, the audience watching that show don't know who he is. But their parents will know and their parents will lose their mm. minds. They'll lose, that's what, that's like yeah. this show. Kids listen, they go, what are you talking about? Their parents are losing their minds. <laughs> People don't think of the parents. For the wrong reasons. <laughs> Probably medication. That's a side effect. It's a side effect of the arthritis medication we get. It's horrible there. <laughs> Oh, thank you for do- joining me, Dory. Lots of nonsense today. I did enjoy the show. It veered in very lots of different directions. Um, but many. Many, many different directions. Is there anything that you learned in today's show to take away with you? I learned that even with Jay Bay's weird wig-type bizarre hair in that upcoming movie, Air, I'll still do <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Dory. That any show is a Facebook page. Goodbye. <laughs>